dementia researcher with a blog and a rating. Allow me to let you in on a little trade secret. Science doesn't always work. In particular, a lot of new experiments are deemed a failure at the first attempt. That might be because the data didn't reveal what was expected, thus placing early question marks around a hypothesis. It could also be because data from some of the replicate samples lie far outside the trend of the rest of the data set, making it difficult to interpret. Sometimes just about everything goes wrong, and you don't even get any data to analyse at all. If you ever find yourself in this position, the best thing you can do is remember that experimental failure in science is totally normal, and every scientist experiences it. In the words of The Wire's great antihero Omar Little, it's all in the game. Science is about exploring ideas and hypotheses. You come up with a theory, hopefully backed by some prior evidence, and then compile a list of appropriate experiments to test that theory. At the start of the process, you don't know for sure if your theory is accurate. That is because any principle that is known in the scientific community only gains that status because there has been publication of watertight data to support it, and even then it can be hotly debated. Your job is to explore a new theory and, if the data you collect backs it up, justify the significance of your discovery to the rest of the scientific community. The process, by its very nature, is marred by frequent failures. As a scientist, you're most likely exploring something that nobody's ever done before. How can you expect it to go 100% smoothly? Anything that goes that well is likely a sign that you're not exploring something truly novel. Interesting science is enticing because it goes somewhere that others haven't, and that involves taking on the challenge of dealing with failed experiments and adjusting to them. Many times I've heard undergraduate, masters and PhD students expressing their severe disappointment after a big experiment failed for them. This is normal, and every scientist goes through it on a more regular basis than we would like to admit. It is an important part of the scientific endeavour, but how you deal with that failure is arguably more critical. When you put time and effort into a big experiment and you get nothing in return, it can be extremely disheartening to the point where it can push some to leave research altogether. If you want to avoid such a strong feeling, it is important you learn how to cope with when science goes wrong. As a scientist myself, I'm well versed in looking at data and going, bloody hell, that wasn't what I wanted to see at all. Here are a few of the things I do to manage in such a situation. Number one, step back and think about it. What could have gone wrong? So when you put a lot of work into an experiment only to come out with nothing of note, it's very easy to fall into a type of despair. You might have the urge to walk around the lab swearing and claiming you're done with science. The truth is, in a time like this, critical thinking is more important than ever. If everything went south because of equipment failure or personal errors, it's easy to realise what needs to be done next time. It's harder to realise that if the experiment worked in the sense that it was run without error, but the data does not show you what you wanted to see. Either way, it is always important to consider if it is worth running the experiment again, and if so, what you need to do to ensure you get reliable data. You have to pull yourself out of the current situation so you can think critically about what you have just observed. Sitting in the lab and despairing is tempting in these scenarios, but it is of no benefit. Personally, it is in these situations that I most appreciate the commute home because it's 50 minutes during which I am totally alone in my car. That is a long time to sit and think critically about what happened, and I can think of numerous occasions where I have resolved the issue and thought of a solution before I got home. Try and recreate this in your own way. Taking a walk is always a good start. Secondly, don't be scared to reconsider your hypothesis. On those same drives home, a negative result has pushed me to reconsider my hypothesis on a few occasions. This is another important thing to do. 
Our hubris can often make it hard to admit that we may have been wrong about our original idea, but recognising when a theory needs a few tweaks is key. I'm not saying you should totally disregard your hypothesis if the first few experiments go awry. If, however, you are getting kickback after kickback, then perhaps things don't quite work how you thought. Taking the time to reconsider the route you want to explore can be invaluable. Number three, this isn't the end of the line. In keeping with the theme of switching your focus, it is important to remember that a bad result is not the death of your work. Sometimes following the path laid by a bad result leads to somewhere really interesting. This is why I think reconsidering your hypothesis is so important after a few kickbacks. It's easy to think that because your data doesn't show what you wanted to see, it's not of note. In reality, you might be stumbling on something a lot more interesting than your initial hypothesis. You might also be getting pointers into how to improve on your original idea. Your data might be trying to tell you that you're pretty close, but if you make some tweaks, something exciting will happen. Finally, don't take it personally. This is the most important. Try not to take bad results to heart. Science is totally objective, unbiased, and has no vendetta against you. If something goes wrong, you have to recognise that it is all part of the scientific endeavour. Science doesn't always work the first time, but second chances are always there to be taken. Thank you for listening. Join the Dementia Research bloggers and share your own views.